0: On this episode of A State of Control, we talk about the importance of testing and troubleshooting for programmers. Why is this a key in the programmer's role and how it's important to think of projects as a we solution. All that and more on A State of Control. The network for
1: the AV industry. What are you listening to?
0: This. This is AV. This. This is is AV AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation. A State of Control.
2: A State of Control. state
0: control. State of Control, episode 56. Get on base. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Kramer, AV Beyond the Box. Welcome to A State of Control, an aviation podcast that highlights the control, programming, and automation aspects of the audiovisual industry. My name is Steve Greenblatt. I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. So on, On today's show, we're going to be talking about an aspect of a programmer's role that I feel is their biggest strength. and I'm not talking about writing code, but more so I'm talking about testing and troubleshooting. So with me to discuss this topic are a group of experts that I think will very easily weigh in and have a lot to say about it. First and foremost, let me introduce my partner at State of Control. He goes by Uncle Richie, and he's also known as Rich Fergosa. How are you, Rich?
1: Good. Mellow West Coast greetings from an undisclosed location, from a uh, fortified location somewhere in the San
0: Francisco Silicon Valley area. Uh,
1: Good. I'm glad we have experts and me. So
0: <laughs> you're, you're so, right there, right, right there. We're, I, I just call, call us, we're like programmers emeritus or something. That's it. Uh, next, uh, a friend and uh, a, a returning guest on A State of Control. His name is Bernard Morgan, and he's with ICS Plus. How are you today, Bernard?
3: Doing well. How about yourself?
0: I'm great. Thanks for joining us. I and last but not go. least, another industry veteran. He's new to the show but not new to programming. His name is Brian McGrogan, and he's with us from Varex. Welcome, Brian.
2: Thanks very much, Steve. Great to be here.
0: Thanks for being with us. So as programmers, no matter how much time we put into prepping a program, there's always going to be things that go wrong. And programmers are usually the target. Anytime you press a button and something doesn't work, it's easy to put it on a programmer. And from my past experience, I found that the chances are, are are probably better that you're going to get a hole-in-one in golf than getting a program to work the first time it's loaded. So let's talk about what, what that's all about and unpack it a bit. And um, so, Rich, I, I know that you've been very much uh, privy to these types of situations. And the, inevitably a, a, you're going to be faced with needing to defend your work. So what, what, what's the, the best way to, to prepare yourself for a situation where you're, 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 you're getting a program deployed and you have to make sure that, you're, that, that things are going to work the way you expect?
1: Well, you know, there's a saying, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth so <laughs> you know that that's kind of the mike one, tyson know. said that right yeah yeah that was exactly <laughs> it um you know was the other one is that the uh uh having no plan is uh is a matter of survival surviving the contact with the enemy you know there's another one that i'll say um you know you part of what we do and i think part of what experience teaches us is that uh you have to spend your time considering the fact that 20% of your time is spent making the program, 80% of your time is making sure that it's not breaking um, and dealing with all of the environmental conditions. And I think that we've gotten better, and I think that over time we, we've started to learn. And I think that as more and more of us have been trying to pass the tribal knowledge, um, we see that quite a bit more. And, and even with just the fact with, uh, you know, remote programming and remote access and and the ability for somebody to look over your shoulder from a distance um, as opposed to maybe somebody being on site, stuck on an Island by themselves. Um, a big part of it is still for the fact that, that there are, there's always going to be a surprise. Anything that you test in the lab is a controlled environment. And when you're in a real world environment, there's items that you can't control and there's items that you can't control. And you have to, like always, um, set your expectations early um, with yourself and with your clients um, and making sure. And so you know, there, nothing, nothing beats doing as much front end work as possible, um, but you have to be flexible enough to know that uh, things aren't always gonna end up the way that you thought when they started. I know we, we, we all have these stories where we start you know, writing the device and we get documentation or an API and then we get on site and we find out that the, none of the documentation actually matches the physical device on site. <laughs> and, uh, it, it, it's, it's just one of those things that happens, you know, you may not have a device available to you or, you know, the, the wires are, are, you know, the constant, you know, when all those fails, swap pins two and three, you know, that, that, that's where you wind up starting with um, then you start getting into communications. Do you have network issues? Do you have hardware issues? Do you have connectivity issues? Um, you know, our first, our first reaction is to always want to go to our code and think we've done something wrong, which sometimes we do. But a big part of troubleshooting is understanding your environment and partnering with everybody there, and not only your integrators but the facilities people. And and a big part of it is, I think, as as you gain your experience, um, the first thing that you learn is don't panic. Start working from the basics on your way out. Um, and more often than not, um, what we wind up having is a simple problem that, you know, no, no pun intended, um, that, that we, we can correct in the field. I, you know, I, I think the biggest part is, is just keeping, keeping cool under pressure, I think, is one of the hallmarks of, of good programmers um, being able to deal under pressure. Um, because, again, when you're in the office and, and it's just you and there aren't any eyes on you. It's so a whole lot different than when you may potentially have a room full of people where all eyes are you, And so I think the first part is absolutely learning how to keep your cool. Well,
3: I think that, I think that one of the biggest things too is the day before I always try to get, find out who's my guy I'm working with on site. And that way me and that person talk about it before I get on site, because as soon as the programmer shows on site, he gets swarmed. And I think being able to, find out who's, you, who's your guy. And what I mean by who my guy is, who's going to be my guy at the end of the day that we're going to be locked stock together bringing this system up. You know, He has the knowledge of what happened in the field. He knows what's the difference between the drawings and in, in the field. Who's that guy? And talk, getting in touch with that guy the day before in a soft introduction for 20 minutes saves you 10 hours on the back end because that way you can say, hey, he can tell you kind of where he's at. I can tell him where I'm at and say, hey, let's make up a plan of attack. I know this is what we all talked about six months ago, but hearing this, this is where I'm at. Let's come up with items one, two, or three out the gate. And sometimes let's look to get an easy win. Let's get on base first, right? Let's not try to hit the home run. Let's do the first thing. Let's just get on base. And I think finding that guy the day before and making a couple easy wins to get things started. Because you know as soon as you walk into the job site, the programmer is here, and it's supposed to turn up in four hours, and it's really four days' worth of work. I mean that's, 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 that's what happens 90% of the time. And I think setting that expectation with the guy you're working with up front kind of gets, gets him at ease because he knows, okay, I know your plan now. This is not what the plan was six months ago, but this is what the plan we're doing tomorrow.
2: I, I agree, Bernard, a lot. I think that was actually really good the um... – you said let's get that hit and just let's get on base, right? So if we take a look at the simple things that we can get going right away, the things that are very visual that make the client feel like, oh, hey, all the displays are turning on and off, the video routing's working, all this stuff, and then let's, let's get them going on that and then we'll zero in on the things that we, are, we know are a little bit more complex. I like to have a conversation, same thing with the, my field lead uh, or my lead in QA and just let them know, hey, here are the things that I have a little bit of concern about. Here are the things that we haven't done before. You know, I have all this stuff done and ready to go, and I know that it's going to work, or, you know, I'm as certain as I can be. But here are the things that I am concerned about, and here are the things that I want to really look at. And one of the things I try to emphasize to people, especially the first time I work with them, is, hey, I wrote the code. I know the way it's supposed to go. So when I punch through a touch panel, you know, I'm hitting buttons in a certain order that makes sense to me. You know, I need somebody with fresh eyes who's gonna look at it and hit in a different manner to show me where my bugs are and show me how to correct it.
3: Yeah, and that's something that I'm glad you brought that up because that's something we try to do here a lot. You know, we try to say the programmer that actually writes the code Before we do that initial load, let's have another programmer actually look at it because we know where that rabbit hole is. And if we start testing it, we're going to lead them down the same rabbit hole because we've looked at the same scenario for the last month. So, you know, we try to always get someone to have a second set of eyes. And the second set of eyes is that the best person who's the second set of eyes is a person that has no idea what you're doing.
2: Yep. No idea. I totally, totally agree
0: so so bernard i'll kind of jump in and, and you know your your experience you could actually probably speak from two different perspectives one is being an independent and also two is back back in the day being part of a team that was doing programming and installation basically on the same the with the same company how does that approach differ for you, or, or, and, and I'm going to have Brian weigh in as well, being that he he has a, a different perspective.
3: Well, I think you know, ten, fifteen years ago, I thought for the most part, pro, the programmer showing up on site. meant The program are showing up on site. The program in commission, right? And I think the systems today are getting to a point now that we've been able to truly do some division of that, saying that you know before the pro you know that the programmer is not always the commission agent at this of the projects now and i think that's the big change between the two but the the the, the, the crux of the matter is though you got a carton and horse the commission agent can only take the pro, the system so far without some type of base program in place so i think that's what has changed over the last 10 years is that 10 15 years is that it used to be The programmer inherently was the person commissioning the system too. And I think the industry has wised up over the last 10 10 years or so saying that, you know what, that's not, from a workflow standpoint and a throughput standpoint, that's not always the best use of time. And that way now you have people that have actually said, hey, we got somebody coming out there to basically check every input to every output from the front panel of the router before the programmer gets there on site. And I think that's been the big thing that I've noticed in the last 10 years is that some pre-commissioning is truly being done before the programmer actually gets on site because the systems now are so much more complex than what we were doing 10 years ago.
0: So Brian with that said is you know as part of an integration firm is there that type of differentiation where the programmer really focuses on programming and they their their team deploys the program and uh, does most much, much of the the setup work, or is is there a lot of overlap there?
2: I think for me personally, and for for the way that my team works, I think there's still actually a lot of overlap. You know, sometimes more than I would like, but I find that <clears throat> probably half my time supporting the field is really just learning the right questions to ask to help lead people down the path. Mm-hmm. Right, so. I don't want to just go back, I think one of the things, Steve, that you put um, in your outline was just finger pointing. Right? I don't want to just go back and say, hey, did you check the wiring? You know, like, I, I like to, to try to look at that a little bit differently. We always give our QA and field text the SIG file, so they can mm-hmm. go open that up themselves or we can just go over work with them right in debugger, especially in the initial phases of working with somebody, whether we have somebody new could be a new engineer, could be a new commissioning agent, could be a new field tech. I like to try to take 15 or 20 minutes with them the first time and walk them through and show them kind of our thought process. And then when I do end up on site, um, especially once again, when it's a newer person, I like to actually sit with them and show them my flow, what we actually do, how we work. And I think it helps them a little bit understand what we're doing. And then it helps me as well understand how they're doing their side of things. So but it, it kinda
0: helps yeah, them out together.
3: And I think that I think the industry has shifted some too because back in, you know, Brian, you've been doing this a long time too. It used to be don't power anything up until the programmer gets here. Yep. Don't 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 no, no, don't flip any switches. And that now it's like, okay, can we at least flip two thirds of the switches? Yep. Get to and I think that has that crux has pushed some of this more upstream because it used to be that don't turn anything on. Yeah. And now we at least could say, you know what, I'm passing video. And just the fact of saying that I can manually route video, I can see video, the projectors turn on from the helps the team know how to move forward so much faster than did you turn the project No, I didn't turn anything
2: on. I, I think I've been pretty lucky, Bernard. You know, uh, my integrator, we really insist on everything gets tested in house. Yeah. Even if programming isn't a hundred percent, we yeah. get, everything fired up and we make sure we can pass from A to B like you were saying. So we, we try to identify bad hardware, bad wiring ahead of time. So, so I get to be pretty lucky. I do see a lot of guys that they're posting pictures and it's like firing up for the first time on site. And I'm so Oh, (laughs) (laughs) going to be a roller coaster ride. Make sure you get a (laughs) seatbelt. Exactly. Exactly.
0: So so Rich, uh, I'm going to bring you back in to the fold. And we've talked a lot about, um, project management and 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 basically, when when we've examined the value of the programmer, we've said you know they, they, there's so much more to it than writing code, and, and you know that's kind of how I I open things. Um, what is the 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 best way to express that? Because a lot a lot of times, where especially when you're an independent, you are being asked to to do programming, but Programming it involves all the, these other skills and, 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 ha- and being able to, to define who's going to be responsible for what.
1: Well, you know, that that's always the, the fine line that you have to walk. I think first and foremost, I think if you're an independent, um, what will contribute to your success and, and I think your long-term viability as a company is being able to relay to everybody that you are part of the team and you're willing to be part of the team and that you're there to facilitate and not be an inconvenience not be a roadblock not be a bottleneck and and it's surprising how that is one of the most important aspects when starting out in a project if you don't necessarily know um, the others that are involved or you don't know them that well I think that you know, over time, as you establish relationships with companies or individuals, or with, with you know with the company, uh, you know that you may be um, deploying systems into there. There is a familiar a familiarity that starts to come around. But when you're starting cold in it, um, and and we've all heard the stories, and it's it, it's always made me you know scratch my head. I can't even say it ruffle, ruffle my hair, but um, I would hear stories. You know, I mean, I've made a career of cleaning up jobs. I mean, the past 25 years that's been a big part of what I've unfortunately had to do is correct situations that did that started out one way and didn't quite end up the way anybody anticipated. And I would hear stories about, you know, somebody would walk in and they felt that they were just going to be doing X. And if anything was outside of X, um, it was somebody else's problem. That doesn't, I mean, again, here's the West Coast vibe, right? You know, that that doesn't bring the good vibes. That doesn't get, you know, that holistic feeling of of getting the project finished. Now, sometimes (laughs) you have to draw that line because it can also be taken advantage of. And that's where that line comes from, is how much do you participate in order to make sure that the project gets along, but at the same time, not overexposing yourself where we talk about the finger pointing and the blame and everything else where you're falling on the sword unnecessarily. Um, And so a big part of it is starting out and and like Bernard was saying, you know, you, you speak to whoever the field engineer is going to be there. You get a relationship with the installation manager. You maybe talk to the project manager or, you know, maybe there's the sales engineer. I mean, you, every organization you're going to be dealing with is different. And even when you're on site, um, you know, who is it that you have to make feel comfortable? about the project and, and, and walk them through the process. And, and sometimes a big part of it is just explaining, here's what I do, here's why I'm doing it, and here's where we are in the process. And not going down into the, the depths of you know, your Bitwise operator, but here is our plan. You know, you, you start the day and say, here's what we're going to do. And then during the day you go, here's what we've done so far. And at the end of the day, you go, here's what we got accomplished. And now tomorrow, here's the next part of so much of the success of projects i found is just that communication there. You know, we get caught up in having to do things and, and you know, guys show up. And it's always a thing, right? Guys show up with laptops. They just start tapping away. And, you know, they point over, who's that guy? Oh, that's the program. You know, it's like, you know, just feed them and give them coffee and leave them alone. You know, just, just, you know, put a little sunlight on them, let them grow, you know, and it's not working that way anymore. You know, I mean, there's so many other facets of a project that you just don't come in and hit send and, you know, look around and, and call it a day. I, I think that um, our role um, as control systems programmers is is that, is, is that is that value that you, you have to be an expert about everything. You have to know everybody else's job inside and out as well as your own. And presenting that and being helpful in a way so as not to step on everybody's toes and not to say hey i know just as much as you but but to nurture them and to bring them up and to bring the team up as a whole so that the next project the next room um you know everything else everybody feels that they're moving faster i mean it's 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 like anything else i mean i've got relationships with somebody integrators going on 25 years um you know one of them was the best man in my wedding you know we know each other you know we can finish each other's sentences but it took a long time. And you know, sometimes we feel like that old married couple where we gripe at each other as well. You know, it's like the people you're closest to are the people you can yell at at the same time. Um, can't do that when it's the first day with the first guy you know, on, on the field, but, but there has to be a willingness. And, and so that's Rich. a so huge word, a willingness to participate with the team. So one thing I wanted to
3: point out that is how many times did Rich say the word we? right? If you ask any of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL, they never talk about how good their game is. They start with the offensive line and my run game. And I think the key here is that you it has to be a team effort. I mean, just listening to what Rich said, how many times did he say the word we in team? And that's what it is really at the end of the day. In order to successively, successively test and commission a control system, it has to be a team effort. In-house programmer, independent, we have to work as a team because the system has to work as one unified system. And I think that's the biggest thing is identifying that up front and knowing where everyone's start and stop is and being able to communicate that up front is what truly makes a good test out plan and successfully bring up a system. Because there's no way, no matter how great a programmer you are, if you can't communicate that to the team and work with the team because there is going to be something that you need that that I did wrong as a programmer. And there is going to be something in the field. If we can't work together as a team, everything just goes downhill from there.
2: And I, I agree as well, Bernard, I think one of the things that that Rich touched upon in creating that relationship um, for me personally, being in an integrator in house is I find it's really good to cultivate a relationship with the design team as well, right? mm -hmm. I find the earlier in the process that we can get involved, the better, you know, to let them know, hey, I just worked on a job and the display wasn't doing X, Y, Z, which we thought it would do, you know, looking at the protocol, you know. So, hey, let's take a look at this. We work with the manufacturer or we say we're not going to use that display in the future until they correct this. So finding those things up front so we're not finding it even, you know, in our QA process or in the field and then all of a sudden have to make a switch. So it just really helps the earlier we can get involved.
3: And I think if the programmer can be also be limber and be able to say, you know what, I know the drawing said HDMI 1. I'm going to HDMI 1. But let's not pull 50 TVs off the wall. Let me just move it to HDMI 2. Yep. I guarantee we can do that quicker than code than you taking down 50 TVs. So I think there has to be that, once again, open communication and teamwork to say, you know what? Let me fix this one in code, guys. I don't want you taking down this many TVs, right? And, and then they will come back and say, I really need this in input 1 because I, I, if I go to input 2, I got all these. Downhill this big. So I think communication and teamwork to go back to what Rich says is the way that to make a successful test out
1: plan and commission a system. Well, and we brought something up that honestly it's it's just so innate and kind of just being been ingrained in everybody that I work with. But but the importance of language and, and like Bernard was saying, he pointed out, it never even occurred to me that the use of we and and it's it's the little things, but if you're on site and something goes wrong. There is a world of difference in how a project is going to go. If you look at, you know, your field engineers, wherever you got on site and you go, hey, you guys have a problem that you've got to fix over here, as opposed to, hey, we've got a problem here. What can we do to get this taken care of? It, it, it's, it's, it's finding ways to keep the rest of the team from feeling that they have to defend their actions. Yeah. Um, and because it's very easy, again, and I, I've heard of it before, where the programmer comes in and they're kind of this hot shot. And the next thing they know, they're going to talk about, you know, how they've gotten into everybody else's problem. And, and, and language. Language is is a big part of it. You know, getting rid of butt, you know, using and, staying with the we. And it seems so silly, but it really, you, you just have to think about how it changes your outlook when somebody approaches you in saying hey we're in this together and also in you know i do it all as much as i don't like it also calling it on yourself when you screw up and saying guys this was on me and owning it and then saying that was on me that time you know i'm sorry and apologizing and moving through because it's it's you've got to be able to find that way and that professional courtesy and respect with one another and i think once that builds, all of a sudden you find everybody's willing to go that extra step. You know, that's when you close out projects. It's, it's not that first day, right? It's those last few hours. Where everybody's yeah. tired. Everybody's cranky. You know, maybe somebody's worked through lunch and you've got to make that last push and and that's where you find it.
3: And I agree with you, what you said there, you know, you, we have to be able to own our mistakes and say, Hey guys, that one's on me. And just by being able to have the ability to basically say that, say, Hey, sorry about that one guys for, especially for, the techs that have been on that job for the last two weeks pushing 10, 12-hour days, and they're fried, you know, just to hear someone say, hey, man, that, that was on me. I mean, that goes such a long way, and that is that little spark you need at that last 5% of the job to get it over the edge.
2: Absolutely, taking honest on it and just making sure that people understand that, hey, we're here to help, and hey, I'm human, too. I make mistakes, so I'm going to let you know when that's the case, and so – Hopefully, maybe next time, too, you can call me on it and you can you can help me say, oh, hey, remember on this project, you know, we had this little issue. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. We carry that through. Sorry about that. I got that this time.
0: So as we wrap up, I uh, wanted to just see if you guys could each share um, maybe a tip or two if they're short of what you think would be a good way to to either prepare or test or troubleshoot uh, you know the the your, your typical pro- project or program. Bernard, Bernard, do you want to start?
3: Sure. I mean, I I go for if, if we know we're getting ready to go into accelerated deployment, I go try to get my get on base, find my quick wins first, and I always try to say, let me get, light, get let me get video and audio playing somewhere first. That de-escalates the whole environment so quickly, and then everybody can catch their breath and say, hey, look, there's video, there's audio, okay. Now, let's go do our work.
2: Brian? I completely agree, Bernard. Um, it's, it's those little things of getting, getting the major functionality there so that there's a visual and auditory um, uh, ability for people to see and hear what's going on and that they're actually making progress. I also feel like keeping it simple from a troubleshooting standpoint and from a programming standpoint, right? Like when we have an issue, let's not dive right deep into six layers deep Let's pick, you know, the simple point and start and work our way in um, so we can figure out things as quick as possible and make sure that, uh, make sure that we resolve things as quick as possible for people.
3: And that
1: 200-foot Cat5 cable comes in handy, doesn't it?
2: <laughs> it absolutely does.
0: And Rich, will wrap up with you.
1: Um, you know, honestly, I, I, I take it back even further. My first step is whoever I'm with the team is how are we going to communicate? You know, are we going to use a UC platform? Um, you know, are you going to have a Slack channel built that we can all communicate because we're all in different areas of the facility? Or do I need to build a, a, a quick do, Google Doc that has, you know, just the priority list? The hardest part sometimes is just keeping track of what's going on. Because if there's 50 things going on, you don't want to keep coming back and all. Oh, we forgot about that three hours later and then coming back to it. Uh, for us, the biggest thing is, you know, I have probably seven different messaging programs that sit on my computer. And it just depends on who I'm working with um that explains that
0: tick,
1: <laughs> exactly
0: <laughs> or the lack yeah, of hair
1: exactly. yeah right yeah which one which one's which one's pulling my eye over um but but really the first thing is how are we going to communicate and, and and more importantly as a facilitator saying what do you use and how can i adapt to it instead of forcing everybody to try a new way and i, and I find that you wind up learning a lot along the way um, in terms of everybody else's process
0: and for me, I I would just add that eliminating variables and not changing too many things, or actually trying to change as few things as possible, in order to isolate a problem, that that would be my recommendation. So, well, thanks everyone. I thought this was a great topic, one that I think the audience will get a lot out of, and I'm sure easily relate to. So. Uh, That'll do it for today's show. I'd like to thank the guests for joining us. Bernard uh, Morgan from ICS Plus. How can people reach you and learn more about your company?
3: Uh, best way is that. Uh, website, www.icsplusonline.com. Plus it's P-L-U-S.
0: And Brian McGrogan, hopefully this was a good experience for you. How can people get in touch with you and learn more about Varex?
2: Absolutely, Steve. It was a great experience. Thanks for having me. Uh, I am available on social media, B McGrogan. Uh, Or you can check out the Varex website, www.verex.com V-E-R-R-E-X.
0: And last but not least, Rich, another good show. How can people get in touch with you and uh, learn more about what you're up to?
1: Uh, Well, you can find us on the company at Fergosa Design. Uh, That's one way. The other way is to drop my name into the uh, interwebs and things invariably pop up. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at R But first and foremost and most importantly, find us here at avnation.tv here with... My good partner Steve over at a state of control, but also find us on uh, AV Week, Resi Week, and all the other shows that we have available. As I've said before, my mother will thank you if you watch the show. So,
0: I, I think that you almost had the triple crown in this month of being on every uh, on uh, that many shows uh, on the channel. So, I, much, uh,
1: I think I, I think I almost I think I pulled the hat trick off one week. <laughs>
0: So for me, uh, my name is Steve Greenblatt. You can reach me at Steve Greenblatt on most social media platforms or my company, Control Concepts, at controlconcepts.net. And as Rich said, most importantly, check out AVNation at avnation.tv. You can find this show and all of the other shows that AV Nation puts out. Uh, there's weeklies, the AV Week and the Resi Week, and monthlies, The ITAV and uh, the show, I think, complement each other very well. And there's many others that are uh, serving different parts of the industry. Uh, While you're there on the website, please check out the supporters who help to make this and other shows possible, and help to support the network. Uh, Also. Leave us a comment and send us, uh, reach out to, to Richard or me. Uh, we, we both want to hear from you and we want to hear what you like and what you want to hear more about. And we would love to have a review from you as well. Um, those could be done on iTunes or on the Aviation Nation website. Uh, with that, that'll, be, that'll do it for today for State of Control.